You're listening to the Burst Ball Podcast. Burst Ball, talking up the Scottish game. Hello, you're listening to the Burst Ball Scottish Football Podcast with uh, me, your host, Lewis Kemp. I'm currently filling in for a very hungover Hamish Carton. Yes, I am very hungover because I drink. You drink, of course. We all drink. Uh, another person who drinks is Ross Clark. How are you doing, Ross? So, um, struggling. Struggling a wee bit. Uh, not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Clark, you also had a rough night as well here. <laughs> yeah, looking after uh, Connor Park. Me, me and you and our lovely flatmate Andrew trying to have a nice, nice little night watching a movie and Connor Park stumbles in at about... Well... I'm not even going to say it was late, it was probably about quarter past midnight and the big man stumbles in um, and disgraces himself. It was, it was, it was, yeah, that's that's the only bonus I can take out of today, the fact that I I can be pretty certain I'm not in as bad a way as him, because that was one of the worst things I've ever seen. Still, he still managed to make it to the Falkirk Stadium for about nine o'clock this morning as well, that boy, he's, I mean, Falkirk are in good hands with that guy, Um, I think you're missing someone else as well, Lewis. Yes, I am. Um, I currently can't see him anywhere. I wonder <laughs> where is he? Oh, wait, there he's there. He's right under the desk. He's currently hiding from his lecturer because he's meant to be in today. Uh, so, yeah, Cam Fisher, how are you doing, mate? I'm, how, I'm a bit cramped, a bit hungover, and a bit scared for my life. You do realise that James Mann also listens to this podcast? <laughs> oh. So, what Cam Fisher's doing right now is probably now completely irrelevant. Yeah, thanks, boys. Yeah, yeah Cam Fisher's not under this the table. He's uh, currently in class. Yes, yeah. doing his work. He's just. This is on the line. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really, really cramped down here. Yeah. Well, My heart bleeds. We should maybe went to class today then. <laughs> we'll quickly touch on uh, Aberdeen versus Dundee, which is tonight. Friday night football is back, so we'll get to see uh, Chris Sutton and Craigan and all those, Great. all those, all those people. Um, now, last year, um, this time last year, I mean, Aberdeen the lost Danny Wards. Um, not that successful a transfer window, I'd argue, and their season kind of went to shit after this. Um, will this be different, Johnny? Are they in a better place this time round? Um, in a better place, probably not, because, well, personally, as in like Aberdeen themselves are probably in a better place, but due to Celtic being 22 points or 24 points, I think, ahead of Aberdeen, it's, they're probably in a worse place due to that, but as a club, I think they might. Mm, it's debatable, but I think they probably are. Um, I think we should first of all apologise to Aberdeen fans for this haze disaster that we we seem to have had. But um, if there are any Aberdeen fans listening, we'd realise now that he's got eighteen months on his contract, so that probably helps as well. And if they are in a place to, I think, ward off bids for their main players, which is very important for for a club that. Are, looking to qualify for Europe they've obviously got this competition with Rangers which wasn't there last year um, I've said all, all this season long and it's maybe I think sometimes on this podcast we stick to our guns we don't change our, our, our opinions very often and I'm going to say I think Aberdeen are still favourites for that second place I, I, it's maybe well to be fair at the moment they've, they've got a game in hand and you know two, two points, points behind Rangers behind. so you know Boy, it's fair to say they are their favourites maybe if they get that game in hand one well if they, if they win the game in hand they go ahead the Rangers as you point out um, 
I don't know, I think it's pretty tight. I've got it in my head that I think Rangers will probably be too strong in the end. I think Rangers' ability to, to bring in... I think Rangers bring in a slightly higher quality of player um, than Aberdeen are capable. I think you look at the two boys, um, Heinemann and Terrell, that they've bought and both have, um, albeit on loan, they both have pretty decent pedigree down south. So I don't think Aberdeen are capable of bringing in that quality of player. And I just think Rangers have just as a, a bit more... Um, in the tank I think Rangers are more likely to grind out results on the road I think Rangers are also stronger at home um, and I think the head-to-head matches will be a big deal as well and I think from from the two head-to-head matches against each other Rangers have been the better team on both occasions even the one they lost at Pataudry. Um so I think Rangers will, will be too strong in the end to finish in second place I'd certainly write hearts out of it completely um, at the moment Why is that then? Um, Just because of recent weeks? I think a lot of people seem to have been surprised that it's taken them a while to, to gel or it is taking them a while to gel under Cathro. I always thought that would be the case. It's his, his first management job. I mean, you look at Ian Cathro and I think it was pointed out to me earlier on the week he's younger than Scott Brown, which puts it in context of the kind of guy, and this is a guy who's leading the club forward at the moment in a, in a kind of tough time in terms of Hearts still trying to find their place in Scottish football. They've only been in the top flight. That's only their second season been in the top flight. Um, since the whole kind of stuff happened with the, the finances and all that so it's a it's a tough time for Hearts to find their place and I think fourth place wouldn't necessarily be a terrible season I think Anne Budge just said that, that fourth place wouldn't be terrible um, I just think Hearts need to make sure they finish fourth get a European place um, it'd be nice to go on a cup run for them as well and then I think you'll see the best of Hearts next season um, under uh, the manager whose name I have forgotten somehow Cathro. Ian Cathro <laughs> Uh, obviously Aberdeen are playing Dundee tonight though Dundee coming off um, to a loss to your side uh, Ross at Mirren in the cup um, just a case of picking themselves up then or yeah I think it I think it'll be difficult I think everyone was well everyone everyone here seemed to be tipping St Mirren for a, a shock result against Dundee actually who who all said that they would win I you, certainly said they would win Craig yeah. I think said as well Gamble mm. Um, so there was certainly a, t- a couple of us tipping them. Um, I wasn't, but I think most people. I think that was really the only real shock of the the Scottish Cup fourth round. To be honest with you, um, it, it's a real killer for Dundee. I think you know, you look at their season and it's kind of it's it's tough. Um, I think when you look at Hartley as well, he's he's got to be under some real pressure now. Um, you know, I think. You underestimate how important a wee cup run would be for them. You know, obviously, they've not got that now, but um, just the fact that St Mum, who are who are sitting bottom, marooned, you know, it's just it's embarrassing for Dundee to be honest with you. Um, so for tonight, it'll be interesting to see how they've picked themselves up. Um, if they have, I, I really can't see them getting anything. Um, I think Aberdeen are stronger all over the pitch. Um, Dundee. They just they look like a team that are really dejected just now. I think, um, and I think it's going to be a long season for them. Yeah. So just uh, quick kind of opinions of how this game will go, Johnny. I'll go with you first. Um, I've gone for three-one to Aberdeen tonight. Mm. I think Aberdeen will win by a couple. Yeah. And Ross. I'd say two 0 Yeah. Uh, Fisher. <laughs> Forgetting he's here. I know. Oh. What's I have to kind of crawl across to get the mic. Um, or you could just hold it. I mean, I could ju- or you could just come out of hiding like a normal guy. <laughs> yeah. But I'm scared because he's right through the glass there. Yeah, it's to be fair. Um, I'll say 2 1 Aberdeen. Mm. Okay, um, so moving on from that, uh, we'll now go to uh, the early kickoff on Saturday. 
which is a rematch of um, what sports team deemed the, the game of the week, uh, Motherwell and Rangers. Um, now, Motherwell added uh, winger Elliot Freer from uh, Forest Green Rovers. Um, will he be the difference on Saturday, Hamish? Are you joking? No. I, I thought... I f- just remember I mean, where, uh, I mean he's, he's very experienced he's been at uh, Exeter, Exeter City Tiverton Town and Salisbury City I mean Tiverton that's a Town just sounded made <laughs> up doesn't it it does What's actually just yeah just the quick guy that played with Motherwell winger Ainsworth no not Ainsworth no Johnson In- Johnson. Johnson Marvin Johnson yeah he came from Kidderminster or something did he not so you never know that Motherwell do well taking players up Forrest from England like Forrest Green are one of these teams that always seem to win right, I know I but meant you saying this to me before and to be fair, Matt McGee still still a few contacts down there from his days down south. So mm. Matt McGee's just gem. still struggling to get over last Saturday, to <laughs> be honest. I think we should probably touch on that yeah, again. That was a joy to watch. I actually has an interview mm. after the game. It was one of the best things I've ever seen. Will he be in tears again come Saturday? So uh, yes, I think it will. I think <laughs> Rangers I, I don't think it'll be as close actually. I think Rangers will win by a couple. I think he the thing about Rangers is they need they need a result. There's been pressure on them um, during the during the transfer window to try and get players in. Um, they have brought in two two players, am I right in saying? Yeah, Heinemann and, and yes, Fisher Mobile. Yeah, potentially Reece Oxford as well. Yeah, he's quite highlighted as well. So it'll be interesting to see if he comes, and that what, would also uh, help their defensive situation. I'll get your opinions on that, Fisher. Um, what have you made of um, Rangers' dealings in January? <coughs> Um, I think if we were to get Reese Oxford in, it'd be a, a successful window. Um, I think that the, I mean, people are split in terms of people that are in favour of the loan deals and those that want building for next season. Um, we're not in a position as of yet where we can look ahead to next season. Second place is very much the objective, and I think if we can get players in on short-term deals, it will help us achieve a, the goal of of getting second place and trying to get into Europe next season. And I, I would say that. On that basis, the transfer window has been successful. I think that what we'll see in terms of planning for next season will be pre-contract deals um, in the next couple of months. But so far, um, I'm, I'm pleased with what we've do- uh, what we've done. I mean, I think it's it's a kind of significant example because the the ball that Heinemann plays for Kenny Miller to win the game last week. I think if that's um, Halliday or Holt, they take a touch. Whereas he he just he knows where to play the ball, you know. You can see he's the under twenty one captain for for the USA, and he, he's very highly rated by Bournemouth. And you can see that there's there's a good there's a good player there. So no, nah, I'm I'm really pleased with how Rangers have done so far. And as we were saying, if we were to get Reese Oxford in as well, that would that would I think that would be good business, especially as well if we if we don't lose anyone. I think one point I'd make about this game is I saw Motherwell play against Celtic and the way they played at Fort Park in the first half. I think if they can match that performance on Saturday, I think they'll take something from the game because they were they were absolutely brilliant. They were in the faces of Celtic. It is the by far the the most testing forty five minutes, the most testing game probably Celtic have had this season domestically. And I think if they can match those levels on Saturday, though, I'm pretty sure they'll take something for the game. Well, the game just screams drop points for from a Rangers point of view. It's an early kick off. Mark from, McGee. Hmm? Mark McGee. I know. I know it's Mark McGee <laughs> led Motherwell, but um, I mean, I think you could put. Us in charge of, of a team against Rangers um, at home, and we would still struggle this season because away from home we just we ju- we do really struggle. And I think at Fir Park, Motherwell are going to be right up for it, especially because of the way they lost last week. Um, 
I think I, I agree with Hamish actually. I, I think we might drop points. Um, hopefully I'm wrong because the last two times I've predicted us to drop points, we haven't done so. Hopefully I'm wrong, but I, I do think it will be a, a really close game. What do you What do you think, Fisher, about Billy Gilmer training with the first team? 15, 16? <coughs> Not 15 or 16, I can't mean what. You love he's him. 15. Good player. <laughs> he is a good player. Honestly, I've, n- I've not seen anyone like him playing like, at that level. Um, doing Celtic and John Fleck. The next Rooney No, it's good I think it very much sums up What Mark Warburton's trying to do at Rangers It's trying to integrate the youth um, And with it, I mean the full from, from the youngest side Up until the first team You know the the ethos is very much the same throughout, and I think the fact that he's, he's obviously he's 15, he's very highly rated, um, and he's training with, I think there was about four others as well, maybe trained with the first team. So it's good, I mean, I think the thing that most Rangers fans want to see is, is a, a lot of money has been ploughed into Murray Park, and it's it's the facilities are obviously some of the best in Scotland, and the fact is that, yes, we produced certain players, but I mean, for a, in terms of the actual first team, we've not produced, I don't think, enough players from our own academy, mm. Um, that have made an impact. We've obviously we've sold players like Alan Hutton on and things like that, but we need to see more, especially at a time where we are struggling in terms of our finances. So it's good, and I just uh, obviously with these things, it's important not to get carried away because the, the kid's only fifteen. Um, but by all accounts, y- yourself, Ross, and what others have said that he is, you know, the hype is is well deserved. So you know who knows we, we, we might see him um, in and around the first team maybe next season when he's 16 or 17 I think I should maybe holding on to him to be honest yeah, yeah I know I think there's interest from down south and things like that So, uh, but the important thing I think Warburton said this in his press conference as well is, to, is that with players like that we need to um, we need to try and keep a hold of them so we can get some benefit out of them and then sell them on further on so um, yeah it's, it's good to see though it is certainly good to see young Scottish talent. Um, great wee opinion there for myself. Um, there is also other games this weekend. Uh, Inverness play Partick Thistle. Uh, Inverness with a narrow win, a hard-fought win, Johnny, over Elgin uh, last weekend. Um, but they still sit bottom of the table, haven't won a game in 10. Uh, the last time they won a game was 26th of October against Mark McGee's mother. Thistle Derby. And the Thistle Derby as well, of course. Yeah, I think it was really important to end that that horrible run of, of form for Inverness away at Elgin because everybody, I think, on the podcast, well, a few people, I think you kind of said because everybody thought yeah. Elgin would win, you thought Inverness would win. I got predicted 4-1 Inverness. Yeah, but even help. when Elgin took the lead, I, I wasn't surprised at all. I, thought, I think I did back them to win that. So it, it, was a, it was a massive banana skin, big crowd at Inverness. At Elgin, sorry, Inverness though, took a, a good support through as well. So it was, it was important to win um, even because it was a, a bit of a derby as well and just to get back on track but I think this is a very winnable game for them I think they'll win it again I think a lot of people will predict probably a one each draw or something like that it will be low scoring it'll be scrappy tight it'll be a relegation a relegation uh, scrap I was going to say six pointer there but I'm not going to get into those sort of cliches this early in the season but um, it'll be a real dog fight I think between those two To be fair to Thistle they're unbeaten in the last three week games Beating uh, Kelly, Dundee, and drawn against. Oh, no, sorry, drawn against Kelly and uh, beating Dundee in Ross County. So, I will, we, we, did, we, is that a thing? Because like 
I mean, I'm using stats here from last last year, a, yes. a couple of weeks ago. How you know how much does kind of form factor when you've had a couple of weeks off? I don't think it factors very much, to be honest. I think you're probably looking at last week's cup games is probably the mm. way to go. Partick Thistle probably left a lot in the tank, beating for for Martin. It was pretty easy from mm. what I saw. I think it was very similar to a few of the cup games actually. In the fact that the likes of Stranraer and Stenhouse Muir and Albion Rovers who didn't amount to anything in those matches against the bigger teams so I think Partick Thistle will probably be pretty fresh I think Inverness in comparison had a real tough struggle at Elgin but I think Inverness will probably benefit from that big time I think that was sorry I think that was a big massive win for them in a Highland Derby with a big away fall and they could easily have crumbled um, when they went behind and I think Richie Foran was absolutely delighted after the game said before the game it was all about the result. Performance wasn't um, important. It was about getting into the next round, and I think they will honestly kick on from that. I fully expect Inverness to go on a wee run now because I think they've they've got the players there. They're a team who seem to play their best when um, they get a kind of a good head of steam up type thing, and they did it for in a run in the the kind of second quarter of the season. They went on a really good run after they started the season so badly, and I think you'll see similar from them again. I think they could well alleviate um, a lot of the, the danger of relegation over the next couple of months or so. Mm. Just up to the players kind of rallying around the manager. I think really. they've got players there. They've got a lot of leaders yeah. um, on the pitch. I mean, I read a very interesting kind of comment to do with Richie Foran that he's been managing the team for about five years. Someone was saying, I can't remember exactly who it was, um, was it maybe Andrew Barrowman or something like that, saying that in the dressing room, the presence he's got there, he has been the manager almost for five years and, and the players really like him. And I think that's why they made him the manager. A lot of, kind of eyebrows were raised. But I think um, I think the players have got massive trust in them. Even if they go five, six points um, at, at the bottom, kind of, uh, not clear, but off the off the pace at the bottom, I, I don't think they will do that. But even if they do, I think the players will, will have faith in them. And I, that's why I can't see Inverness being relegated mm-hmm. at all. Now the Thistle Derby wouldn't be complete without Partick Thistle and uh, probably the biggest news um, to do with Partick Thistle has obviously been Ziggy Gordon um, moving to Johnny you'll know the team Shagalona Shagalonia I'm not going to try and repeat that Um, Apparently not a shock at all according to some of the This is the question I'm going to ask because now, obviously, from the Polish point of view, he's obviously half Polish, so maybe that's not the shock. But I'm that was almost, a shock to me. I didn't okay. know that at all. Yeah, for me, Zygmunt. You also I know, thought he was thought, 32, Ross. He's yeah, 23. It, it, it's a hard paper around, yeah, doesn't it? Yes. He's a uh, Ziggy. I, I just thought that was like kind of thought it was for something. Like, I thought it was like slang or <laughs> for was what, Kevin. He was named after a Bowie <laughs> no. song. Maybe. Ah, exactly. I yeah, exactly. Name, uh, wonder if he plays guitar. Yeah, I think for me it was more weird just because. They signed him in the summer. He was a big, obviously signed Erskine mm. as well. But he was their kind of big signing of the summer, kind of shock. Erskine you know, was pre-contract, so that was yeah, coming. So you could yeah. So he was probably the big one. Um, and signed Adiazis, of course. They've signed. I'm right in saying they've sold him for nothing. Has he gone for nothing, or is it undisclosed? I think I think they've got a fee for him. I'm pretty right. sure they've got a fee. I think I saw somewhere that they got a decent fee for him. Um, it's still a bit strange though Yeah, I, I think it's an interesting one I think the strangest thing about it was Hamilton's tweet yesterday saying about um, the, the team in Poland had shown interest in him a couple of years ago I mean what's it got to do with Hamilton at all like, it seemed a real yeah. Hamilton are a strange club it's a, bit like a great club the way they treat us when we went but on Twitter they're a, a very strange club at times um, but I, I think it's a I don't understand I've got a lot of comments because me they put the tweet up and a lot of comments saying it's not strange at all I mean he's going to the team top of the Polish League he could be playing Champions League football next year if they hold on I mean I don't know my Polish football that well I assume it would be a bit of a shock if they did win the league and they're not exactly running clear I think they're jointing points uh, at the top um, of the table but I mean Poland have got 
one team left in Europe, we've got none. So that that would kind of suggest possibly that it's a, a better quality standard than our league. Um, I, th- I think I think it's similar anyway. I think you yeah. can definitely see even the coefficients were so very close. At, at the very least, surely he's going in our kind of context. He's going to an Aberdeen or someone like that, which is would be baffling if he went to Aberdeen. I mean, Ziggy Gordon, he's all right, but I mean, he's not. He's not a, a kind of. He's not a player who's going to get capped by Scotland mm. anytime soon, is he? No. Or Poland. Capped by Poland, yeah. Mm. I think they're all right and right back, aren't they? Poland. Nah, Pishik's getting old. Big Ziggy's coming in. <laughs> yeah, Ross, you any more opinions on that or just the game in general? How do you think it'll, think um, it'll go? I'm going to go as, with what I usually go with for these sort oh, of games. A draw. draw, yes. No, no. I think it'll, well, I'm going to go one each. Um, yeah. I think it'll be tight. I think it'll be cagey. Um, I can't see either team running away with it at all. Um, and I just think it. I don't think it'll be a classic by by any manner of means. Anyway, um, I think both teams have got players who could could create something, but I think it will be will be very tight. Okay, um, same you guys. Inverness will win. Johnny. Yeah, I think Inverness will win as well. Fisher, you can come out now, by the way. Fisher as well. I keep forgetting you're here. Sorry, uh, I think I think I'll go with Ross. I think it'll be a draw. One each. You can come out as well now. He's away. It's just sure? a voice coming from the, the corner. No, he's not away. He's not. He's, is he not? He's, his head's kind of above the screen. As I've already pointed out, James is listening to this podcast right now. Right Hi, now. James. Yes, well, in his timeline, he's listening right now. Mm. All right. Hi, James. Um. So yeah. Okay. Um. Of course, Saturday. There's obviously lots of football on, but the biggest, right. uh, the biggest game, of course, is the Paint It Blue, St Johnston versus Hamilton. Johnny, will you be painting it blue on on Saturday? Um, I really hope not. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's, I, uh, Connor, if you're if, if he's listening, really likes this, which for me kind of I was going to say he tried to defend Connor. it, didn't he? Yeah, he's obviously he's involved with Falkirk. Paint it blue, maybe he's going to steal the idea. I think he said he actually had some sort of similar plan, which paint it orange. <laughs> Blair Blair Elston oh, yeah. oh, got away just too quickly before Connor oh, could get him to do that. He just didn't seem up for it, did he? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I can't imagine he went around the dressing room and he'd have been like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it. Because he just showed nothing at all. It was, it was strange. And there was some impressive, probably the only people I've seen better dabbing than, uh, than, than, than Hamish Carton. <laughs> um, the St. Johnson young fans were had quite a talent. Hmm. Well, fair play to St Johnston for trying to promote a game like that because, and I, I, I just, I just don't really think the best way to promote a game at home to Hamilton um, is by letting Blair Alston clearly mimic um, a, a ten-year-old song and have fans dab. I just can I get a crowd prediction? Can I get probably about twenty-five years old? I think Johnny. It's a, it's a, can I get a wee crowd prediction from all years? Crowd prediction. I think I underestimated St Johnson last week. I went with fifteen hundred. Actually done. Yeah, it was like two thousand four four four. Two thousand four four four. There you go. I think there'll be what, lots of people there. Two thousand six hundred there. Yeah, I think it'll be one thousand nine hundred. Jeez, oh, they don't get crowds. No, we're not going to get one thousand nine hundred. I don't know my exact stats. We're five hundred folk disappearing. Well, <laughs> in disgust at that video. From Steny to Hamilton, five hundred down. Yeah. I'll go two thousand nine hundred. I'll say I'll play it safe and go between Johnny and Hamish and say about two thousand seven hundred odd. Mm. I've got a feeling Hamilton will win this. So. 
why do you think that? Is that it's just the kind of, kind of command? It's thing? My, my old logic I used back in 2016 of uh, expect it unexpected, and whenever mm. a team's certain to win a game, pick the opposite. But then are St Johnson not the most predictable for being unpredictable? No, but everyone, so. you're, you're all going to say St Johnson will beat Hamilton, yeah. aren't you? Mm. Uh, yes, yeah, I think. I just think it's pretty running the mill this game. I think they'll win maybe two one. I, I think it'll be relatively tight, but I think I think they're a lot stronger. Right, Hamilton got a good result uh, last Saturday at Kilmarnock. Mm. I think Hammy's hot shot is a Hamilton hot shot this mm. week. Um, I don't know. They'll probably be four to one, five to one, maybe even that, maybe four to one. Um, I think yeah, Hamilton be as much as that. Yeah, aye. Four to I one. think this is a kind of game. As Hamish was saying, that Hamilton will go up, and I, I don't think they'll win, but I think they'll get a point. I just think it's mm. the the type of game that Hamilton will make tricky for St mm. Johnston. Everyone's expecting St Johnston to win. We fear they're drawing at most of their games. So I know, it's and not Hamilton, the... That's what I was just about to say. Hamilton are experts at getting a draw, so mm. I think I don't I, I don't think they'll win, but I do think they will get a, a draw from the game. Yeah, I mean, just in general, but Hamilton, I mean, it has been quite a tough time of late. I don't know if you guys have been following, but I mean, the fans are. I've not been yeah. that happy and there's obviously been you know the talks about boycotts for the Kamarnock game um, Sauce because you just answered my question there uh, any kind of thoughts on that is it? yeah I mean listen there's, there's always going to be speculation I think Martin Cannon's had quite a tough time of it I think when when he came in I think there was people desperate for him to fail um, from the off uh, I think he's I think Hamilton fans need to be a wee bit realistic as well and realise that they're going to be down that end of the table and they're going to be fighting for their lives. You know, the league's still relatively tight. Um, it's going to be it's going to be close the whole way. Um, so I think to talk of boycott, it's not doing anything anything at all for for you know for the players for the management. And if you're wanting your side to start getting results, then boycotting is the last thing you want to do. You want to be doing the opposite. You want to be getting behind your team. Um, I don't, I do, don't really see what Do you see where the frustrations are coming from But in terms of the whole you know, canning thing Do you think that's fair? Or? <laughs> I do and I don't I mean obviously as I say When a team's under pressure The first guy you turn to is the manager um, But as I say Players need to take responsibility as well um, I think you look at You look at the, the Hamilton fans what, what do they expect from the season At the end of the day They, they, expect, to, they expect to Their main aim is to stay up that's that's our main goal at the end of the day. Um, anyone who thinks they should be aiming for top six, I think need to have a look at themselves because at the end of the day they are. They're a team that try and play youth. You know they're always a work in progress. Hamilton. They're always a team who, you know, they've got one key man obviously in Ali Crawford, um, and if he's not performing, then they do they do struggle a wee bit. Um, and maybe there's too much reliance on him. Maybe it's a wee bit of frustration that they've. I don't know if they've signed anyone in January, but. I mean, there's certainly not been much made of if they have. Um, no, I think just in general, because they're such a young side, you're going to get you know a side that are quite inconsistent in the league. Yeah. That just happens yeah. with young players. And never every know. every team bar Celtic's pretty inconsistent yeah. this, this season. So um, for Hamilton fans, it'd probably be a case of. I mean, they've been in the top flight for a, f- a few years now. Um, and I think it would probably be the case that they want to maybe push on a bit. The problem with that is though. You know the grass isn't always greener. Um, in or the ter- astroturf. Or the astroturf, yeah. Um, in terms of the fact that if they do attempt to push on and then find themselves in a position of trouble, they might not be able to get themselves back out of that, and then they could fall out of the top division. I mean, they flirted with relegation for almost every season they've been in the top flight. 
Um, and I think the supporters, obviously you you always want your football club to strive to do better, but I, I really don't think there is much more that Martin Cannon can, can do at the moment, and I don't necessarily think that a change of manager um, would would help push them on, just because of how they are a smaller club, and it's not as if they've got lots of money to chuck it. We've seen, it, we've seen it with Man, you know, changing manager. It's not. It's really not done anything for us. It's it's put us in a terrible situation. Um, Cannon's been there for a while. Mm. He's he's done a decent job. He's kept them in the league. I, I really don't see what else you'd be expecting them to do. I think they're, they're completely different to St Mirren in terms of the, the way the clubs run yeah. um, and, and the fact that St Mirren get rid of managers the minute there's any pressure and Hamilton will show massive faith in Martin Cannon. I think the fans are just frustrated they don't see their team winning more. They've won two games mm. um, this whole season. Which uh, is under, is kind of understandable though, I think, a wee bit. Isn't it? it is, aye, but they're, they're also, they're also <laughs> they're sitting in 11th place. If they can get a couple of wins on the board, you could easily see them finishing 8th or 9th again, which for me is, is exceeding mm. expectation. Hamilton, Hamilton just being in the top flight the size of the club is probably exceeding expectation. Um, worth pointing out that without Donati, Saris and Devlin, uh, as well, tomorrow three big players in the spine of that team, so that could uh, could make it very difficult for them to get something. I'm, I'm sticking to my prediction. I think I've just got a funny feeling that they, they might beat St Johnson tomorrow. Uh, just quick predictions from the rest of you, Johnny. I'll start with you first. Um, I sort of looked at it and thought, yeah, that'll be one-one, and then I said, now nah, that's the sort of result where I'll drop points in the old prediction game. So I've gone for a three-nil St Johnston. Um, yeah, I think St Johnson will win. I'll go two on St Johnson. Fisher, uh, I'll say one each. I don't think it'll be a classic, um, and I think Hamilton will make it frustrating for St Johnson. So one each. Hmm. Right, moving on to Kilmarnock against Ross County. Uh, Ross County coming off beating Dun United six two. Um, meanwhile, Kelly coming off um, losing one 0 to Hamilton at home. Uh, obviously the big news with Kilmarnock recently has been uh, Kilwee Bally um, obviously me Hamish and a few other boys done a podcast recently but some of these have not really given your opinions on that so Johnny uh, we'll start with you obviously you've seen him a few times this season yeah 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 seen him score that incredible goal at Celtic Park actually it was just pretty much right behind it so that was a that was a moment I'll never forget from Kilwee Bally but and I've been a great a great fan of him I thought at the time it was a great sign and Obviously, following Tottenham, I've seen him come through the ranks from when he was seventeen under 17's uh, top goal scorer at the under 17s African Cup of Nations or something like that. He was scored ten goals in three games or something. So he's always been a a bit of a talent. I was impressed that Kilmarnock signed him, and it's really good business to create. Well, they've made what nearly a million eight hundred thousand in the space of three months, yeah. three or four months, and they've they've. Obviously, it'll be a massive, massive mess. And Kamarnik are, I think, the lowest scorers in the division. So if they don't work to replace him, they could be in, in trouble. Mm. Um, they need a goal scorer. Even Koulibaly, probably for Kamarnik, as you can see, because they're the lowest scorers, even he wasn't scoring enough for him. And he's worth £800,000 to an Egyptian team. So they desperately need to replace him. But it's great money for a for a club like Kelly. Any suggestions for who that replacement might be? Um... I think I've heard Miles' story uh, to Kilmarnock. And that was kind of rumoured at the start of the window, yeah, wasn't it? I think that would be a really good signing for them, but I can't I can't see them doing anything other than, well, according to Kelly Cal, mm. it, it would require a decision on Scott Boyd's future uh, um, before any sort of signing can come in, which is a bit crazy when you think about it. But um, I think you'd have to be a bit silly to think that Kilmarnock have now got 800000 to spend. They won't be able to spend all that money. 
that'll go straight into the probably elsewhere in the club rather than back into signing players. So I think they'll probably take in maybe a, a loanee from one of the clubs in the top half or something like that. Yeah, I mean, before um, the winter break, Ross County were kind of known for being a wee bit just very inconsistent. You know, they'd win one game, very good, and then the next game they'd be dire and they lose at 3-0 or whatever. Um, so they've obviously beaten Dun United at the weekend. Does this mean they're going to lose on Saturday, Hamish? I, I tend to kind of think that they might beat Kelly on Saturday. I think that, I mean, I'm going on about expect the unexpected, but I, I do think that there was a real good signs from Ross County on Saturday when putting six goals past Dundee United. Yeah. I think that was probably the most underrated result of the weekend when you think about it. The fact that Dundee United, who, if you take away the fact that they're a second division team, they are still. In my opinion, a Premiership level team of the players have got, and the fact they conceded six goals, and the fact mm. Ross County scored six against them, I think was a massive result for them. So, I think uh, they've certainly got their, their shooting boots on. I think um, Jim O'Brien has added um, a lot to the yeah. team. He looked very lively. And I think they've, they've suddenly got goals coming from all over the team. Certainly, judging for last weekend, so I could see Ross County scoring a few and winning this one um, as well. I think Kelly of scored the least goals in the league and I think they've conceded the most as well so and it goes with my prediction as well that Kelly will, will finish bottom so you did say you were considering changing that if they signed Ayer didn't you I did think about it a wee bit because I, I kind of got it in my head I can't see Christopher Ayer being relegated I can't imagine that but then again I've given up all logic that's because who could imagine like Leicester or Hibs winning the mm. Cups they won in 2016 so I've given away all logic of that oh, Stephen Thompson being relegated yeah <laughs> so I'm uh, I've I, I stick with it um, I think Kelly I think Kelly could really struggle in the second half of the season because they've, they've not got many goals in the team now Koulibaly scored 11 in 24 games I think um, which is a pretty good return for a for a player at Kilmarnock but um, I, I, I think replacing his goals is going to be a big struggle but I think not just replacing his goals and mm. the fact Koulibaly scored a lot of his goals from no service he scored goals yeah. out of nothing and it's maybe it's maybe a, a player to put the ball on a plate for um, the, I don't know the likes of Tyson and players like that the Sikhi really are Boyd this is what I was about to actually say um, yeah you're right in what you're saying that they'll, they'll miss goals but what Koulibaly brought was that creativity and Kamarnock also need creativity especially with, I don't know when Kelty's due back it must be Fairly soon, I'd imagine, but um, I think for the end of the season, for the end of the season, as it playoffs, probably right. Maybe repeats from from last year, but um, yeah. uh, On your journey, I was just going to say it's maybe a a weird point, but I think Koulibaly almost brings some sort of morale to the to the club. He's he's a happy man. All right, he's he's a really happy guy, and I've seen a lot of Comanche fans saying they're they're really sad to see him go, and I think. With him goes probably a lot of excitement from Kilmarnock games. Mm. Um, he's like you say, he's really creative, but he is that sort of. He's, he's a fan's favourite already. He's only been there four months, so it is a bit of a, a shame to see him leaving. As maybe get away with that one, Hamish. There, a Snapchat, a basic error. Podcast number one hundred and twenty-three now, mate. Schoolboy. Right, and of course there is one last game on Sunday. <coughs> um, my team Celtic play Hearts. Uh, at one o'clock, live on Sky Sports. Can't wait for Tanner and Co to talk mm, up our game on Sunday. Um, but you know, Celtic um, coming off beating St. Johnson midweek. Um, I was at the game. We were not great, um, but you know, job was done. I suppose. Um, I thought Bayata actually was um, mm. really, really good. 
Um, I, you know, maybe my prediction of uh, thirty plus appearances <laughs> isn't um, as ridiculous as it probably maybe was. Figures now. I think he probably could get just judged on um, the performance on Wednesday. I thought yeah. he was excellent, really, really good. Um, but there has been, you know, f- for me, the big thing with Celtic. Um, I kind of noticed on Wednesday as um, you know, Paddy Roberts was on the bench again. There's people kind of talking about that, but um, there's no doubt that when he's on, you know, and you know, St Johnston, you know, defended well, but they really only defended most mm. of the match. So when you have a guy like Paddy Roberts, he's able to kind of open up defences, whereas I don't think Forrest can really do that as well. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think. Um, I'll, I'll ask you, Hamish, is there a reason why he's more favoured than Forrest? Is it just a kind of basic, he's leaving in summer so we can't really put much stock in him or is there something more deeper rooted than that? It's an interesting debate about Forrest and Roberts. I'd probably I'd probably say that neither, from what I've seen, are the answer for Celtic mm. at right midfield. Certainly neither of them are at the level of Sinclair. I think if Celtic want to keep improving, they need a right-sided version of Sinclair, basically. Um, I think Paddy Roberts is probably for me a slightly better option but he needs to improve his end product I think it's something that James Forrest has done certainly at the start of the season he improved his end product but I think Paddy Roberts sometimes flatters to deceive him and we all know he can beat a man comfortably and, and go either way and that's what makes him so tough to defend against but a lot of the time it's his final ball or his, his decision making more than anything else is what really lets him down um, I think Celtic in general I just get the impression looking at, at Celtic that it's they're going to drop points pretty soon, I think. Um, I don't think it'll be on Sunday. I think they'll probably beat Hearts pretty right, comfortably. What, 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 what's going to do a wee, kinda, a wee bit of, kind of fun here? Have a wee bit of fun. Um, what? <laughs> Sorry, I was just woohooing because the excitement of right, well, said with who. Oh. Uh, very confused here. Um, yeah, in a hypothetical world, let's say Celtic will lose one more game or just one game to uh, before the end of the season. I'm going to go around the whole panel. I'm going to ask who's it going to be to and what's the score going to be. It's a bit of fun, and if you get it right, you can say oh, I was right. Go you, Hamish first. Cause you Aberdeen at Petardry, two one. Interesting, Ross. Scottish Cup semi-final Against? Uh, I'll go with Hearts because I tipped Hearts actually to win the Scottish Cup So we're always waiting for you to say a team that was already knocked out Yeah I know, I can try to be careful Or I could say St Mern couldn't I but um, that's not going to happen So I'll go go with Hearts Johnny? Um, I'll say Partick Thistle in the Scottish (laughs) Cup semi-final Oh, because of course you've said Partick Thistle are going to win the yeah, Scottish Cup this year. Yeah, and they did. They brushed aside yeah. for Martin, despite Ross thinking that would be a nil-nil draw. Um, yeah, something about Celtic and semis, isn't it? Just kind of. Yeah, I, I don't. Something's telling me that might not continue under Rogers, but yeah. I'll take a bash at it anyway. If we have to predict a defeat, is it just, is it just one game? It's just hypothetical. If they are going to lose, who's going to beat it, and yeah. what's the score going to be? Because I think there'll be a really stupid one where you should win. Um, should win every game. They should. But See, the, other thing is, the other thing is I think Rangers will beat you Before Oof. the end of the season Don't think it will be in the cup competition Because I think we'll get knocked out By somebody we shouldn't be um, Where will it be and what will the score be Give us an answer come on. Uh, I'll, say, I'll say Rangers 1-0 at Ibrox then Okay interesting stuff um, Of course Celtic play Hearts They're another team in that game on Saturday, Sunday Um is this probably the worst possible game for Hearts given the pressure that Cathro's under at the moment? Sorry. No, I think it's the best no. possible mm. game. Interesting. No pressure on them. I suppose, aye. Because yeah. like, the first thing when you think of when you think 
Celtic v Hearts at Parkhead, the Celtic are just going to win mm. it by. But then surely if Celtic do hammer, you're probably Celtic are probably the more most capable team in the league of you know mm. hammering a team like Hearts, and if that happens, you know Celtic beat them five now or something is that acceptable? Is Celtic that haven't hammered many teams though in That's the last. That's true. Yeah, since I, I don't see it happening, but certainly since maybe. Ross County away ages ago I mean in December I think Celtic won every game by one goal maybe other than I think than we were Ross saying County that if, if we're up against a better team then yeah. we probably would have dropped a few points yeah, in that spell definitely I think I just think that with Aberdeen coming up on Tuesday St Johnson again away from home the following weekend it's a real tough time for Celtic but I, I think Celtic at home at heart so be comfortable but I don't think there's, there's too much pressure on Hearts going into that game I think Hearts will be pretty well organised I don't think they're going to come out and play too much from what I think anyway um, but I wouldn't I think Celtic by a couple of goals but no one will really be too unhappy with Ian Cathro for that I don't think yeah. I think about 3-1 Celtic something in that kind of yeah. region uh, Johnny and Ross um, Clark brothers I wasn't bold enough to say in the predictions that Hearts will get a point but I'll say it on the podcast oh. I don't want to lose ground with a stupid thing like that in the predictions but I'll go for one each I think if it goes in a similar fashion to the St Johnston game, not that it was actually there on Wednesday, but from the sounds of what, you're, what you've been telling me, that if it goes a similar way to that, I think Hearts might just be that a little bit more difficult to break down and yeah. they'll maybe have a chance or two on, on the, the counter. Yep. Yeah. Ross? Yeah, I think Celtic will win by a few. I think they'll win 3-0. Um, I think it's pretty tough times for Hearts. Um, and there is a... A big rebuilding need a big rebuilding need to be done. That's terrible English. I think, yes, John I, I think they need to they need to get themselves sorted out. But I don't think I don't think it's going to be this game where they start the revival, their Cathro revival. You look puzzled, Hamish. You don't want to add anything. I don't see the rebuilding. Well, sorry, sorry. I'm meaning that. Like I'm I'm struggling here. I'm meaning <laughs> back on track. I didn't mean rebuilding. Right. Sorry. What's, okay. what's your prediction? You he said. Right, uh, we'll shift gears now and talk about the the, nice. the championship. Um the Scottish Championship, uh, where Hibs currently lead their fifteen oh was I say fifteen points uh, They're six points ahead of Dundee United. <laughs> uh, and they play Queen of the South, they're away from home at the weekend. Um I'll be, be honest with you go. guys, my championship knowledge isn't great, so you might need to help me out a wee bit here. Used to be Queen of the South Corner. I, I used to be, yeah, but um I've abandoned my team because um, you know they're just, just, Yeah. Um how do you see this one going? Somebody probably gonna win. Mm, I think it might be a draw. Um, I think Queen of South. What are you laughing at? She's tipping a draw again. <laughs> How? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How? Boring, I've, tipped, boring, I've only tipped one mark. other draw. Um, uh, what? Nothing going on. I think uh, Queen of South obviously started the season very, very well and they've slipped away since then. Absolutely pumped St Mum um, recently, so. It's not really a measure of how good a team is though they can pump oh. someone no, that's how, that's how many points are Queen of the South off the playoffs a lot no, three five or three. Yeah. really yeah, yeah. I thought they were. three points behind Falkirk <laughs> a game in hand to be fair over Falkirk and two games in hand over Morton so. I think they've got game in hand they've got one. yeah yeah but, they're only, but, they're, that's, but uh, the they're point only remains three yeah. points really yeah. Yeah. yeah that's mental I thought they were remember they know. were top of the league after six games yeah so I, I did say they had a great start alright oh, did you Sorry, Ross. Sorry, you're not listening. No. Um, yes, I think Hibs will drop points. I think, I think they'll have been relieved about last week. Um, 
obviously that was a potential banana skin. And but it wasn't in the slightest, they completely... Oh yeah, they yeah. destroyed them. I felt sorry for the Bonnie Rig keeper actually. He, he wasn't great, was he? Um, <laughs> but it was, it was... It'll be interesting to see, I think. I think Hibs will go there probably expecting to win. Um but Queen of South obviously you've got the Astro Tough factor to bring into it. Um Again, every podcast I have resulted on go. the old Astro Tough. Yeah. But it's something to take into account. Um You've got yeah. Dobby, that's a factor to take into account. Yeah. Is he still a top scorer on the championship? Yeah, I think still. so. I was one of the only ones to get that right in the quiz. Did you get that right? No, I didn't. I went with Lee Miller or something like that. I yeah, think. he did go Lee Miller. And Jason Cummins. Yeah. Sorry, right. we're going off track. Yeah, yeah, are we? But, um, yeah, I think, it'll, I think it'll be a draw, basically. I think, um, I think Hibs will win as well. It's a sort of one yeah. where you can see like, them, them barting away. They went there and won 1 0. I think I can see something similar happening um, this weekend. I think Hibs are just unstoppable in the championship right now, and I, I think they'll. Maybe at the start of the season, people thought they would kind of run away with it. I can see them extending the gap over Dundee United comfortably. I think. What do you exchange for Hibs? Because obviously they went through a wee tough spell. Um, I think the it's season. more what's changed for Dundee United, to be honest, because I think they've dropped a couple of, of weird points. Um, they've lost six two, obviously there in the cup away at Ross County, and I've been saying it f- since the start of the season, more or less. Dundee United need to recruit, and yeah. yeah. They have, they have done. They've, they've not, still not brung, taken in this Brungin. I was about to say this bikey boy from Sterling, who's uh, meant Hibs. to be. Is he? Aye, they're, they're bowing out for him. He's got, he's got mm, both. Has is he? he? Well, that's my big tip. Been uh, blown out of the water. Then I've told that we'd be joining Dundee United, but I was also told they'd be signing another Who player. Told you, who's your source? Who told you this? I can't reveal sources, Ross. Oh. Can we now? But um, there's another boy. Um, who they might be signing as well. I didn't actually get a name for him. Yes, so doesn't um, sound very good. <laughs> no, he got one wrong and I didn't give me a name for the <laughs> other one. So Dundee United may or may not sign a player. Um, they need to. I they think. played them firm on Johnny. Um, Sorry, just oh, before you, you move on, I'm going to have another go at Ross Clark here. Um, what was it? What Look, did you say about uh, Palmerston? Hamish. Tough place to go. Oh, can I, can I just read you um, yeah. Queen oh, of no. the South's recent record at home? These are their their last games at home. Um, uh, where am I looking here? No, no. 0-0 with Ayr. 2-2 with Dunfermline. 3-2 defeat at home to St Mirren. 2-1 defeat at home to Dumbarton. In the cup, in the cup, I'm saying in the league. Queen of the South 1, Dundee United 4. Queen of the South 0, Morton 5. They've not won at home in the league since... Wraith on I think it was September it's still a tough place to go though <laughs> no, no it's not well you mentioned a couple of draws in there so <laughs> it could very easily be a draw very easily be a draw tomorrow I think it will be so stop stop shooting me down boys hungover yeah I'll, I'll ask you a question again Johnny uh, the fair one away for Dundee United both top two teams away from home didn't realise that they are um, how how do you see that one going I can see Dundee United's recent well, I was going to say recent slump, but it's been a couple. It's it been has been a month or so. Yeah, they've, not they've one in four. Yeah, I think that I think that will continue. I can see them maybe getting a draw. It's one a game that I think if Dunfermline win, it'll be because they outscored Dundee United. Um, I've only seen I think I've seen Dundee United twice this season, and both times they've been 
well, certainly at air, they were very, very blunt in attack. They took the lead and then just hung on for dear life for about 90 minutes or so, just defending cross into the box. But I think Dunfermline have probably got a bit more to them than air do, and I think they'll probably take something off them. Um, yeah, I mean, just looking at the the BBC thing here, yeah, they give you the results of the last five matches, and Dunfermline are unbeaten in the last five games. So mm. it has been a kind of recent upturn in fortunes, Hamish. Yeah, this is one of potential eight games between the clubs this season, oh yeah, which is very interesting. That's without Scottish would that, would that well. be a record? Because obviously, Celtic Rangers I think Morton seven. and Falkirk are on target for about eight as well if they both get into the playoffs as well. So it's uh, it's interesting, but I, I think Dunfermline they'd probably be my dark. Sh- Dark shot, dark horse, horse. dark, dark hot shot. shot, dark horse to get into the playoffs. I think uh, family could well get into the playoffs. Mm. Very interesting. Well, at the moment they sit um, sixth place and they are you know, six points off, so right. not possible. Nothing. Not possible at all. I think Morton and Falkirk could be the two, yeah. but I think those two can only play seven times now because they've uh, Morton won the first game, so there won't be a replay. So I think four in the league, two in the playoffs, one in the Scottish Cup, is that right, or did they play in a League Cup or something? I so seven mm. times they probably will play each other this season if things stay how they are. Interesting stuff. Um, how many times have you said interesting in this? Yeah, uh, probably a lot of times. A I very interesting. Many, I don't know how many times I've, uh, I've actually meant it. Um, <laughs> next game, uh, Wraith Rovers against Dumbarton. It's a kind of quick prediction um, for you guys here. Won't go over it too much. Obviously, Wraith Rovers are coming off stuff. the. The Hearts. <laughs> the Hearts. This is a famous game, isn't it? Where it goes four 0 and then ends up like four three. So and it is, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so then Barton to go four 0 up and draw four each. Bet you won't put that in your predictor. Well, is it one of the games? <laughs> it is not one of the games. So I won't no. put it in the predictor. <laughs> so there you go. What's wrong with you, Dave? You're you're awful moody. I'm grouchy because I'm hungover because I, I drink. <laughs> um. I fancy Wraith to win. I'm, I went for a win, not yeah, a draw. Wraith haven't won since October, Ross. Yeah. Well, <laughs> doesn't mean they're not going to win, though. I'm really joking. Pick they actually Ross haven't, though. Yeah, um, I'd say we're also joined again by Cal right. Fisher. I'm out from under um, the table. The really sad thing is, um, James, the lecturer, actually came to the window he and he's, he's placed two wee cakes on the window for us. Did he said they're for, our, for, for, for us. <laughs> so, um, Hamish is just uh, left the podcast. That was the second one, Hamish. You had a cake earlier. But um, yeah, I feel quite bad now for Hayden Fisher and yeah, kind of lying to him and stuff. So yeah, um, no, Fisher doesn't get any cake. He's not. The late kick off on That's Saturday. Right. Hamish has just grand both of them there. I think anyway. So. Fair enough. Uh, late kick off on Saturday. Um, quite past five. Air United and Morton. Quite an interesting game, yeah. Johnny. Yeah, big shout out to Air United as well for uh, it's five pounds. You, you were at the Queens Park game, eh? Yeah, I was yeah on, on on Tuesday night. Um, that was actually quite a good game. It was I, I went there and I put a, f- a few quid on a nil nil draw because I thought this will be a repeat of the first leg. But Air went one nil down inside four minutes, which was a bit of a disaster. I'm um, still trying to figure out. I've watched the replay three times. I'm still trying to figure out if the boy, I think it's Woods, has scored an either incredible back heel flick or if it's just hit him <laughs> on the backside and gone in. I'm still trying to figure out the. Queen's Park keepers cost them the game, really, but speaking to Queen's Park fans, they've said that it's, it's almost a case that he's due a couple of mistakes. He's saved them so many times this season in um, in big games, gained them so many points in the league. But yeah, it was a really good game, and Air continuing their 
Uh, Greg Fleming in goals continued his incredible run of form. I was about to say that. Um, how was he in the, the penalty shot? He saved two out of six. So that's, that's still incredible when you think a keeper that saves one third of penalties in a shootout and severely dents his ratio. Ross. I mean, Ross is just, you know, this is the circus at the just end of the week for him this week. Um, he's currently just scoffing a big um, cake and he's ah, just going to have a coin. Ross is 22 seconds. What are you doing? It's quite impressive. He didn't even what shout into a mic there. He just shouted in Hamish's he face. Drawn it on you all. Right. As I was just going to say at the start of that little discussion there, Air have put down the prices for this um, Alba kick-off yeah. to £5 with Morton. So I think they could end up with a at least two and a half thousand maybe for a quarter past five on a Saturday it seems unlikely but when you consider there's five pound tickets for all fans including Morton fans um, hopefully it should be a good away support as well it's yeah, not too far I think away Morton will take, yeah it's, it's a quite nice journey I did it on the on the train up to Greenwich last Saturday of course again they actually played of course on the last Saturday there that's, mm. that's interesting no um, Falkirk sorry uh, was I didn't uh, no, Falkirk put it wrong there yep. Morton um, my apologies but it is again. It's quite a shame that clubs like Air. Obviously, it's a really good thing that tickets are down to five pound, but they will be losing revenue again from having a game on TV, which is a massive negative. Yeah, I think that's the reason it's going to put the prices down because they know they're only going to get probably one and a half thousand for mm. if if that if it's if it's seventeen quid on a five five fifteen on a Saturday it's just yeah. not gonna attract fans. Stuart Gilmore kinda of touched on this on the, mm. the Sports Sound yeah. uh, podcast um regarding uh, these quarter past five kickoffs. Certainly I don't think a lot of the kind of all league clubs are fans of them. Um Smirin play Falkirk. Um I'll quickly just put you over to Hamish who uh, talked to a certain Smirin fan uh, earlier today. Yes, um we're delighted um to have Kyle Gunn um, on the podcast earlier on, not, not live on the podcast but I spoke to him earlier on it's worth pointing out Kyle has cerebral palsy but we thought it was really important to get his viewpoint, of course um, St Mirren active and all that we know out there we um, we love to get our St Mirren viewpoint across, um, so we'll just uh, I'll play the clip now, what Kyle had to say Yep Yeah, it has been a, a confusing obviously no way for the King with games and obviously Alex Ray getting the replay in early September. I think that being a guess in it is to me in performance under Jack. I think that plays for him in GC when you look at the when you look at a game under Alex Gray to a game under Jack Ross, mm. but the performance he's having always ending up with the result of Gazelle. I think so because obviously Jack came in and he tried to move the Quag about obviously eight of where eight of came in. So we need to give them time and see how that works out. That was what uh, Kyle Gunn had to say about St Mirren. But what about you, Ross Clark? Because you, of course, are an R St Mirren fan. What do you make about that? I think 
were in fine fettle after a, a number of decent signings. Uh, latest was. Uh, um. uh, <laughs> what's the boy's name? Played for Aberdeen. Cammy Smith? Cammy Smith. Yes. Cammy Smith, there we go. Um, he was the latest signing. Dundee United, uh, wasn't he? Yes. Uh, was he not down south? No. Okay, sorry, you know. Um, Cammy Smith was in every single one of Aberdeen's matchday squads in like the 13 14 season and only played like. Twenty percent of the minutes or something like that. He's he's actually been nearly all of their squads for the last three years. Fascinating stat. Um, yeah, we've, I think the fans have been crying out for for signings. Um, I think we need a new first team picture taken. I think that was pointed out as well because um, the squads changed a lot. Um, by all accounts, the, the guys who they brought in uh, seem to do well against Dundee. Obviously, the fact that we won we won two 0 um, I think the the goalkeeper impressed particularly. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. We've also let go of Gallagher, the other goalkeeper. Um, it's he his fourth club since the start of last season. Is that right? <laughs> um, because I, I think pretty much he didn't want to be second choice. Um, Langfield will now be second choice. Clangers. So my um, my question to you, Ross. Yes. Obviously, St Mirren and the Cup have actually been fairly decent um, compared to the league. Can you finally transfer that into League Four? Um, I think. I think you might see a positive result on Saturday. Um, Even with the St. Boo home support Saint and Boo. full Boo. Um, yes, I think I think we will draw <coughs> uh, another draw. But uh, Falkirk are obviously a decent side. I think they've flattered to deceive at times, Falkirk, but they've, they've certainly the better of us in recent times. Um, but the fact that we have brought in so many players can only be a positive thing. Jack Ross is finally getting to implement his own style on things, um, getting rid of the players he doesn't want, doesn't like, and bringing in new ones. Um, but it's been, it's been, it's tough as well because some of the players we've lost have been very valuable, despite you know how poor the season's been. Kyle McAllister obviously going to Derby for two hundred thousand, um, I think it was. So whether we actually spend money on that um, will be interesting. Any of that money will be interesting to see, but I doubt it. Um, so yeah, I I think we'll get a I think we'll get a point in Saturday. Whether or not that then transpires into something more than that and we stage a, the greatest comeback since Lazarus and um That was that game as well. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Someone folk that was why I said that. Yeah. Um and escape relegation I, I don't see happening, but um I certainly think there will be a wee a wee boost mm. until we come crashing back to earth again. It's gonna start somewhere against, Ross. Against uh, TNS. Is that when, when we play them eventually in the Challenge Cup, they'll, they'll, they'll pump us. The Battle of Britain. Mm. There you go. <coughs> Longest winning run in Britain. They do, yeah. Even longer than Ajax. Brides. Yeah. Fake one. Ajax or Britain? No, in terms of the record, the winning run. <laughs> ah, right, okay. Longest in Europe. Moving on. League <laughs> um, One now. Um, lots of games for us to feast our eyes on. Same number every week, mate. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Um, Albion Rovers, Al Athletic, obviously me and Hamish saw Albion on uh, Saturday, um, Sunday, Sunday, sorry, um, very defensive and we can't really, you know, take much from that game into this game other than, you know, they were obviously very well organised and solid, um, Al, to be honest with you, haven't they been great? I mean, uh, under Goodwin, it has been a wee bit lacklustre. Um, oh, I think we, we both saw Hala again mm. uh, a couple of weeks back. Um, certainly missing something now uh, that, that was there under Jack Ross that isn't there now. Um, 
How do you see this one going? Alaba will win. Okay, <laughs> that, was, that was a big build up for just that. Um, same as you guys. I fancy Albion to get something from this. Uh, mm. I don't want to say draw because you'll just slag me and say, oh, you always say draw, you always say draw, but you're going to say draw. You're going to say draw. Yeah, I think Aloha last week were, were pretty poor against Antwerman. Um what, what was the final score? 3-2? 3-2, three three two, two, yeah. three I think three that, that flatters it. Yeah, they scored two late goals. Um, so I think... That was quite a disappointing result for them because I think that was one that we maybe looked at as a potential a potential upset. Um, but no, I think Albion last week, uh, again, not really surprising. Celtic came out on top. Um, but I think it'll be it'll be interesting to see how both teams bounce back from their defeats in the Cup. Um, I think it will be tight on Saturday um, and that's why I am opting for a point apiece. Rest of the games in League One, we have uh, Livingston versus Brecon, the game I'll be at. Um, can't wait. Uh, East Fife versus Stranra, uh, Peterhead, Queens Park, and Stenhousemuir versus Airdrie. Any games there? Can I pick your fancy, Johnny? Understand it. You saw Queens Park the other night, didn't you? you did. I did. So who did you say? Queens yeah, they're Peterhead away from home. Ooh. Um, Tough trip. Difficult one to predict. I suppose they've had 120 minutes in in midweek. There, uh, it's a very difficult. Well, I was going to say it's very difficult to move from playing on such a massive pitch because that's the first thing you notice at Hamden. The pitch is absolutely yeah. giant compared to every other League One ground. So going all the way up to Peterhead, playing on a small pitch, you you got to fancy Peterhead who have turned things around a little bit with that win at Alloa. Um, actually speaking to one of the Steny players after they won and he said, we've closed the gap um, on, well, safety after they beat Stranraer a couple of weeks ago. And I said, well... Peterhead have only gone and won away at Alloa today so it's getting very competitive down the bottom of that league and although Queen's Park may be a team that could end up in the playoffs again and we know they only finished fourth last season and, and managed to get themselves up and they've adapted very well so a team I've been impressed with Queen's Park considering they've spent so many years in the, in the fourth tier of Scottish football I think a big point of this game is the fact that Queen's Park have played I think, 210 minutes plus penalties over the last week and Peterhead haven't actually played since yeah. that Alloa game we were at so it depends the old debate whether it goes into the the fitness and the rest they've had Peterhead having the week off last week been out of the cup type thing or the, they'll be rusty after that I think they'll um, with home advantage I think they'll probably beat Queen's Park It's interesting you say that though because um, I'm not sure the exact stats I'm kind of just going off memory here but I don't think they've actually been that great at home um, certainly their best um, victories this season have all been away from home you know beating Alloa beating Livingston earlier on the season as well um, any reason for that or is that just does that take it does that change anything at all know. Or? I don't know it's maybe they're probably best when we saw them anyway best kind of place when they're soaking up pressure yeah. and then they can hit on the counter they've got players who give them one chance they'll probably put it in the net Macintosh uh, and Callister as well uh, so I think that probably plays into their hands a wee bit but I don't think it's anything about home pressure or anything like that. Um, but it's not a tough place to go. Can I, sorry, yeah, just keep going. There's just a bit of uh, breaking news at the minute. Hearts have signed that Dylan Bikey. Hearts have? Hearts? They've just got a dodgy Johnny's source as well, Hamish. Tony's got a dodgy source as well. They've just confirmed it on their Twitter. Alright, obviously, I, I saw it earlier. Obviously, it's Hearts. Johnny just let people. Is there a story here that I'm missing, or can you let the can you let the listeners? That's a good laugh. Um, I read a tweet earlier saying, "Why do they need another striker? 
um, and it was about Hibs. I, I thought they'd confirmed it after that, but it's obviously um, got my H's mixed up there. Uh, Bike will score yeah. the winner in the Edinburgh Derby. There you go. Hmm. I doubt he'll play it. Yeah. Okay, just throwing it out Maybe there. Just shoot me down. I still love you, Ross. Even if everybody else doesn't. He's probably okay. got a lot more goals than any other heart striker this season. Is he not? I know he's playing with Sterling, but how many heart strikers have actually had a good season? We've got obviously well, Connor Salmon. Obviously, I mean he's <laughs> been yeah, still technically a hard where is Gavin Riley? He's on loan somewhere. Oh, I is it I can't remember. Hamish? Dunfermline? Gavin Riley's at oh, Dunfermline. Yeah. He's not playing either, really. Dunfermline have got some attacking line when you think about it. Like, proven top like flight talent. Uh, Higginbotham and stuff like that. Yeah. Just not cutting the mustard. Well, they're doing all right. Not now. cutting the mustard. <laughs> is that not a phrase, no? Is it? Yeah. Yes, I've nailed it. Clichés flying around. This might be your last ever appearance in this podcast, <laughs> but it sounds like... I think if, if Hamish is his way, it would be... Give me the eyes, maybe, and not in a good way. Well, what were we talking about before that? Uh, we're P- talking about your header set up to play on the <laughs> counter, and then Bikey signed for hard. Well, it's just because it popped up actually as of as mm. we were talking about that. Sorry. Any more thoughts from League One? Any more for any more? Nah, I think Stenhouse Muir will be Airdrie. They won five 0 against them early in the season. So they you did. Never know. Yes, Stone Cold Stenhouse. But again, they lost five 0 to Stranraer and, and then beat them one 0 So Stenhouse Muir, the craziest team in um, in Scotland, probably. You're right in that assessment. Uh, <laughs> league two now. My phone is buzzing. My apologies. Shambles. Indeed. Um, league two. Um, I think probably the game that stands out for me, Clyde Arbroath. Mm. Yeah, it's I know it was a Clyde have fallen off a wee bit, but um, certainly he doesn't agree. Clearly, no. Oh, okay. In fact, he's sniggering. What are you? Not sniggering at all. Um, I don't know the other games. I think Edinburgh City's game well, was do, probably. Do, do you want the other games? Annan are playing Sterling. Clyde are playing a broth, which I mentioned. Elgin, Edinburgh. Yes. Fourth for Cowden Beef, Montrose, Berwick. I think I think Edinburgh City fourth was probably Elgin or one there. Edinburgh. Edinburgh City are away to Elgin. Aye, that's probably good as well. To be fair, <laughs> uh, um, I got offered the Clyde game. Uh, I can't make it. I'm probably not too glad to be that either. Uh, it's probably it's probably a big game for for Barry Ferguson. They've not had a game in a while. Was that what they playing last week, Clyde? The I, uh, I, can, I don't I don't know any score. Oh, so they were sorry. Yeah. They've got a replay on Tuesday scores. night as well. So. I don't know the scores for League Two because League Two games happened last week, didn't they? But I can't think I'll of any think scores well. because because it's uh, Montrose beat Cowdenbeath and there was another yeah. game. Well, Sterling Clyde was in the cup. Yeah, and Edinburgh City lost, didn't they? To someone, so it's uh, Stalin Clyde was in the cup. Arbroath uh, lost to Arran uh, 2-1. Uh, Edinburgh City lost. Edinburgh City lost to Forfar at home, and uh, Montrose coming beef as you said, Johnny was two one to Montrose. So yeah, quite unpredictable. But any other thoughts from League Two? Or is that <laughs> any more for any more? Barry Ferguson, big game for Barry Ferguson. Well, Clyde. Yeah. Um, well, certainly, I mean, I think that result in the in the cup is. I mean, it's not. It's been pretty horrible for them recently, but um, that result in the cup is quite unlike them of late, and I think this might be a kind of turning point for them, maybe. Maybe could I get I'm perplexed as to how he's still in a job. Perplexed? Yeah. Because I'm not. Uh, okay, fair enough. I'm not the the most avid follower. I probably agree with you. But anytime you hear about Clyde, it's that they've lost the game, 
that they shouldn't or they're not playing as, or they're not doing as well as they should have and it feels as though Barry Ferguson's been there for about 25 years <laughs> and hasn't really done much well, he's, he's gone through like, three or four squads of players mm-hmm. trying to play this nice brand of football there's only got a couple of players capable and, and most Easton was one of them he's injured <laughs> and every time he gets a player capable they just get broken in half trying to play it it was actually Clyde Arbroath I was at and Easton got injured early in the season that was like that was a day that uh, Celtic beat Rangers 5-1 so when was that September October September September yeah. yeah so that's how long he's been out and but yeah that, that was actually a really good game and I think our growth since then have come a lot further than than Clyde have and I think they'll probably they'll meet again in the playoffs yeah. I think I think Clyde probably are a better team than the consistent Annan yeah I think I, I don't know this game just kind of strikes me just because you know Clyde, I think although they didn't win the game, I think you know they definitely improved from the last time uh, they played Stirling. They got hammered three 0 and you know by all accounts, I think they actually played quite well and a wee bit unlucky not to not to get the the win there. Uh, and you know our brother always you know a very also, solid team. So yeah, it was also five 0 Clyde in the cup when they yeah, played. That, that's very, and it was also at Broadwood as well. Yeah, yeah. very good point. Uh, Elgin, Edinburgh, Johnny. Again. I think Elgin will win this, but they've they've been strange Elgin because last season they could only win at home and they were rotten away. This season I think they've got more away points than they do at home. So a very strange season for Elgin because obviously ever ever since I've known Elgin the football club, they've always been a team that that really struggled on the road from the days and when they took over East Stirling has been their worst team in the SPFL back in. In the mid two thousands, they've always struggled away from home, like always. So it's it's, it's been a nice change up for them this season, and hopefully that can help them going on into the playoffs, which I think they'll comfortably make this season. They've got some really good players, Sutherland and and Gunn, um, up front. So good players. Right. Explosive, aren't they? Mm. Oh, ah. good one. Right, uh, I think we I think we asked for some questions, but um, we got some praise Aye, instead. Ev- everyone's obviously busy. Yeah. Today. We've got the train spotting thing mm-hmm. we can talk about that in a minute um, focus on Celtic at focus on Celtic not being a listener for long but I've really enjoyed the few episodes I've listened to so far so thank Aye. you for that um, very much appreciated um, yeah we'll just do the train spotting thing now then um, I'm going to have to depart you're going to um, have to depart um, like, like a train from a station mm. what like a train, train spotting um, to be there's not really many trains know, my, um, my my suggestion was um Steve Lomas um, for Spud. That's probably Jeez. because because of the the joking attitude and also if you looked at Spud and Steve Lomas, I've not really compared them. Now that's quite a bizarre mm. one. Now that I've got the image in my one, head, I just, do see where you're coming. It from. just came to my mind for some reason. And what is Steve Lomas even doing nowadays? Not, mm-hmm. Still kicking the ball. Was he not in Millwall last? Manager in Millwall. I suppose no one ever comes out of the den, do they? <laughs> Thank you, Hamish, uh, for being on Enjoy the podcast. Um, we will see him again. Hey, I've got, I've got my suggestions. Ross, fire away. I have went, I have I've went with uh, Derek Rylden for Renton. I saw a couple of people suggesting that. Um, obviously, yeah, he's meant to be good looking, but yeah, but oh, that's a Derek Rylden. Um, obviously, drugs, the drug factor, and the fact that Derek Rylden loves a night out. Um, Probably should put that, like we're not saying that Derek Ryerton's an avid drug user. <laughs> well, uh, no, I'm not saying that. Uh, is, well, has he? Has it's, he it's former Hibs striker, strike partner, I think, was uh, 
a big yeah, fan. He also gets a mention. Does he? Libel, as, man. No, uh, it's a bit, it's a bit harsh on the guy, but I've I've put him down as Tommy because um, ultimately Derek Riordan or Renton killed Tommy, right? So can you just now uh, refer to everyone as the football player there instead right, of okay, right? Renton. So Derek Riordan basically. I, I personally think Derek Riordan may have played a demise in the career of Gary O'Connor, right? Um, but which has now found him as manager um, of Selkirk, or dead, right? So similar to Renton and Tommy, right? Well, Renton obviously got Tommy onto the drugs, which <coughs> led to Tommy dying. Sorry for anyone that's not seen the film, but um, that, that's probably why should have those, those been two. Out for 20 that's, years. that's why those two have linked in. Um, Begbie, Begbie has to go down as. Begbie has to go down as uh, who did I have for Ian Begbie? Black because we both Ian agreed Black, on the yes, reasons why Ian Black is off as not and he loves a bet just like Begbie hmm. um, my reason was slightly different than that but I'll no, I'll no say that on air <laughs> uh, for Spud I went for Paul McGowan again pretty ugly and strikes you kind of strikes you as harmless but he's always having fights with the police like Paul McGowan mm. Mm. Spud's quite and, cute though well, and uh, Sick Boy I mean, Sick Boy's quite a cool guy. Right? I but thought Sick Boy was the hardest. I couldn't really pin A few this people took Gary O'Connor for Sick Boy, and the only reason I didn't put him as, was, as Sick Boy was because the whole uh, Derek Riordan link that I could link in with Tommy and Ren. Um, yeah, so Sick Boy, I went for Xander Diamond because he has a stupid name. Um, so that, <laughs> what? that is basically the, the only link. And they had a couple of stupid haircuts as well, Derek uh, Xander Diamond, I'm pretty sure. Um, mm. Other than that, the other suggestions you could have had for Renton was uh, Islam Farouz because he went for the money move down south, of course. Um, yeah, you're scraping you the barrel. <laughs> you could have had Mark McCausland as well because no one knows where he went. Like Renton. <laughs> That's actually very true. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, we we got another wee reply as well on the on the Twitter uh, at Barry Anderson underscore. Uh, he he actually went with quite similar to myself and sort of you as well, Ross. Uh, Derek Riordan for Renton. Um, Graham Sunnis is big man, which was my shout. Yeah, he said that. Uh, I, I think that's a no-brainer, surely. Uh, Scott Brown for Spud, which I also said. Uh, Colin Hendry for Sick Boy. Um, <laughs> fair enough. Just a blonde tail. I think so. Yeah. Um, this one, I, you know, I was uh, all in that. I was. Uh, I kind of laughed at this one. Joey waiting for Diane. <laughs> um, I think I don't know what. So, but- I, I assume the only reason he's done that is because it's a woman footballer. Did Riordan and Julie Fleeting have a fling? Maybe they did. When Julie Fleeting was at school? <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, Sir Alex. <laughs> really, that's really liable. Even though I think Julie Fleeting's actually older than Derek Riordan, but mm. I'm, not, I'm not. Who did you say Mother Superior was? Uh, Sir Alex Perkins. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm still I'm I'm sort of a fan of uh, Jeffries or Billy Brown taking the role of Mother Superior. Mm. I needs to be an old school gaffer anyway, a kind of dinosaur. Yeah. So. Dick Cameron. What about you? What's your, what's your suggestions? Because we, we, we need to kind of drag this podcast out a wee bit, if I'm honest with you. I've seen this film twice and I still don't have a clue. Like, the only person I know is Spud. I genuinely watched it two days ago. Well, I just sick boy's got the blonde hair, the bleached blonde hair. Should mention right. that Johnny doesn't watch movies. I do watch movies. I just yeah, watch Johnny does mo- watch Ren- movies. Renton's a main character. See the guy. Yeah, 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 choose life. Oh, choose. Yeah, yeah, I'm well aware of that. Johnny does. I only wa- know him yeah. as Bud. Right. Okay. Johnny does. Johnny's you off his nut and glasses people. All oh, right. Ross. Ross. He gets smashes the hotel room. And the money yeah. goes missing. Thank you, Ross. Um, yeah, Johnny does watch movies, but he doesn't remember the name of movies. Yeah. Can you remember the name of the movie we watched last night? No, I can't. No. 
by saying something, man. Did you watch oh, the <laughs> I thought you meant the proper movie. Oh. The first movie we watched, it was like by by Nenical Man or something like that. By by, uh, by not Bionicle, something like that. And it's a film where uh, what's his name <laughs> plays a robot. Robin Williams. Robin Williams plays a robot, and they they sort of laughed at it, seen it, and then I I, I, I stumbled across. Song, I've watched this film before, and it's just the most bizarre film ever. By the time, I've, yeah, I'm, it was I'm quite famous the film. <laughs> How long have we got left? Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to drag this podcast out. Well, Robin Williams plays well. a robot, Lewis, and uh, he falls out a window. Uh, the the kids just abuse him. Uh, it's quite sad. I've actually seen this film twice, and I've never seen the first two I'll Godfathers. D- <laughs> just <pretty> impressive. <laughs> just uh, staying on the topic of train spotting. I I like it, right? But I don't get why it's pure loved by yeah, everybody. I it's agree. No, it's, it's, it's a decent film. It's a, it's a decent film, but it's not. It's not special, man. It's a cult. It's a cult film. It was voted as Britain's greatest ever film at one point. Clockwork Orange is better. What? Clockwork Orange. I prefer Trainspotting. Clockwork Orange scares me. I heard it's Scottish football. The four characters in Clockwork Orange. No, that is definitely. I'm going to take an echo here and say I've never seen Clockwork Orange. Seriously? I don't know. I've never heard of it. You've never. Shut up. Even Ross, I was getting slagged off. I've seen the Clockwork Orange. What's that about? So it's like Johnny doesn't watch movies. Just thugs, basically, like just going raping people. Yeah. I'll explain it to you off here. Yeah, well, well, well. That's the end of the podcast, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. We um, even, instead of talking about like Highland League or something, around, we just do you want to talk about, about the Highland League, Johnny? Actually, that, no, that was just not what's going on. This weekend, else. let's end it. No, this is it. it. This is what we know about Scottish this football here. We've got. We just slag off. When Hamish leaves the podcast, goes to shit really. The BBC, the Sky. We're falling down this rabbit hole. Stop. I, re- I reckon mm-hmm. Hamish might um, have an aneurysm. Yeah, when he listens back to this. <laughs> Why? Because when he edit all this stuff out, probably. Oh. <laughs> anyway, if, it, if, this, if, this do, if this does go to air, um, if this does go to air, then uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we appreciate the listen. We also appreciate any likes or any. Uh, retweets or uh, anything to do with us uh, mentions or questions whatever just fire away and we'll we'll respond um yes so uh, thank you uh, also is sorry that I, a really bad oscar speech i was, I was trying to, <laughs> i was trying to remember something i was just kind of saying stuff um we're wanting some, some kind of reviews on itunes so if you have spare couple of minutes um you can just uh put be a review. If, even if you don't like us but uh, oh, po- no, po- no, no. probably appreciate more so the reviews where you, you give us all five stars. Um, so yeah, thank you. I've been Lewis Kemp. Uh, thanks to my panel, Johnny Clark, Ross Clark, and Callum Fisher. Uh, been you've been listening to the Bus Ball Podcast. Thank you and goodbye. Stop.